I would say to take it easy, to like not overthink it because I was overthinking it. I was like very stressed. I, I didn't want to make any mistakes. So I was like super stressed about it. And that ended up like with me being like making those mistakes. So I would say like, take it easy, take it slow, like take time to adjust and don't be afraid to ask people for, for like for help to ask maybe other tech leads or managers to uh, to help you figure out how to handle uh, certain situations not be afraid to delegate tasks and you know just listen to people a lot listen 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 because like everything that you need to know about like feedback preferences like work preferences you're gonna find there when you listen to people like very very carefully hello and welcome to developers journey the podcast bringing you the making of stories of successful software developers to help you on your upcoming journey i'm your host tim bourguignon On this episode, I receive Alexandra Shikora. Alexandra is a software engineer based in Wrocław. Did I say that right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> in Poland. She has worked as a full-stack developer with many languages, such as Elixir, Golang, Python, and TypeScript. She was previously a tech lead uh, for the Hasura console and a lead maintainer of Blitz.js. She's now focused on open source and bootstrapping her own small projects. Oh, and drinking insane amounts of oatmeal cappuccino, I've heard. I'm more an espresso person, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go along. That, that will work fine. Alexandra, welcome to DevJourney. Uh, hi, hi, welcome everyone. Uh, I'm super glad to be here on your podcast. And I'm super excited to like share my story. <laughs> and, we're, and we're very excited as well. But before we come to your story, I want to thank the terrific listeners who support the show every month. You are keeping the dev journey lights up. If you would like to join this fine crew and help me spend more time on finding phenomenal guests than editing audio tracks, please go to our website devjourney.info and click on the support me on Patreon button. Even the smallest contributions are giant steps toward a sustainable dev journey journey. Thank you. And now back to today's guest. As you know, the show exists to help the listeners understand what your story looked like and imagine how to shape their own future. So as is customary on the show, let's go back to your beginnings. Where would you place the start of your dev journey? Well, I was thinking about that before the show. And I think that like the very, very beginning of my uh, dev story is when I was in primary school. So when I was like around 11, I would say, I saw um, this article in a magazine. It was like a magazine for kids, maybe even like only for girls. But basically there was an article about a girl who uh, who's like 13 and she just learned HTML. And I was like, oh, uh, maybe that's something that I should learn too. And I will be like younger. <laughs> I was like very competitive kid. <laughs> and uh, I was also this kid that jumps from one hobby to another. And like when I have a hobby, I go like all in. So I started learning HTML. Um, 
But I also, I think my parents were like limiting my usage of uh, the computer. So I would like write notes on the piece of paper and I would try to, you know, construct some simple website on a piece of paper. And then when I can use my uh, computer or actually my parents' computer, I would like type it uh, there and like test it out. So that was the, like the very, very beginning. I didn't go far with that knowledge. I kind of, uh, you know, jump. I probably jumped to another hobby after that, after maybe like a few weeks or a month or two. And I forgot about programming and, you know, anything like death related for a few years. And when I was in high school, um, I I began, like, I, I picked up some interest in, like, Arduino and some hardware stuff. Uh, I had a friend who was in, like, advanced computer science class in high school, and they had, like, a bunch of stuff like that. And we were, I was, like, helping him. We were working on his assignment assignments together because it was, like, very, very fun for me. So uh, I remember I also participated in a few Arduino workshops, um, but... As you can imagine, I was like 18 or something or 17 and it was high school and people weren't necessarily nice about like me doing those kind of things. Like I remember I I was like laughed at by like boys in my mm-hmm. class uh, because they were like, oh, you and programming, like you and tech stuff. Uh, it was very, very mean. And, uh, like, of course it was discouraging and I didn't, uh, go with it or like, I, I kind of forgot about, uh, Arduino and I stopped doing this for a bit. Um, and I only picked up programming again when I was thinking about uh, university, like where to study after high school. Well, I was considering like a bunch of options. But I figured that computer science is like so broad that I can go into so many different directions. Like maybe I would be a web developer. Maybe I would like go back to the hardware stuff. Uh, maybe I would be like a, more like a project manager uh, in like IT company. So um, like from all the different uh, things that I consider to study, computer science seemed to me as the broadest that as the thing that would give me like uh like the most uh, like the biggest number of possibilities mm-hmm. uh so yeah so that was my uh story before uh before university before like officially being on the uh you know computer science path <laughs> in my life that that is awesome but before we get there i want to mm-hmm. highlight a couple of things um this is Oh, to me at least, this is amazing that you stumble onto an, an article um, really talking about the experience of, of uh, a girl doing programming at such a young age. That is so yeah. forming and, 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 a, and um, um, a role model almost to have really early on. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because, you know, it's not uh, a typical story that you would think of that like you, you'd find in a magazine for girls. So... Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was very motivating. That was also something that, you know, otherwise, how would I be exposed to programming? Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't find this article. So, um, I'm really glad I, I had this magazine 
Uh, maybe my parents uh, bought it for me, so I'm really glad for that. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever listen to it, then thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's such a um, an interesting um, um, not not a parallel, but uh, a divide with your experience afterward. You said you were loved at, and people were mean to you, which is the yeah. exact opposite of just having been exposed early on to this this uh, this success story, and then experiencing firsthand the opposite of that. Uh, in high school, just wow! It sends shivers down my spine. Yeah, yeah, I have really, really bad memories uh, from high school and from like those particular experiences. Uh, yeah, but you know, um, I overcame this, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's, you, that's good. You went at it anyway. And and last thing I was going to say, I, I'm so jealous that you had Arduino uh, at that phase of your life. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit older. <laughs> I'm not going to date myself too much, but um, there was no Arduino around uh, uh, anytime soon uh, when I was growing up, and um, and hardware was was just unreachable. It was just something mm-hmm. you couldn't do. And and um, I remember soldering and and doing mechanical stuff, but not mm-hmm. electronics. And and I'm so jealous. I, I, I wonder what I would have done as a pre teenagers mm-hmm. without you and around. So. Huh. Good for you that you put yeah, your yeah, that in was, there early on. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, I also remember like researching different like uh, workshops about Arduino and like traveling to different cities in Poland for like uh, weekend workshops. Uh, oh, so cool. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been doing those kind of things. <laughs> awesome. So so you um, you you took this this future into your own hands, um, not really knowing what kind of cu- computer science you would be enrolling into, but. Mm-hmm with the knowledge, this is for me, this is what I want to do. So how did you choose from there where you want to go and and what to do? Oh, well, it was a tough choice. So when I started uh, computer science, I kind of had this dream that I would be a machine learning developer and I would work probably in medicine uh, doing like machine learning stuff. Um, But then I, when I took like the machine learning course on uh, like at the university, I figured that I'm not particularly interested and I didn't like it that much. <laughs> so uh, that wasn't really, really for me. And, um, you know, like the whole university, uh, like my studies, they were, there, there was a bunch of theory and not much practice. And there was theory uh, that was very, very difficult. And I almost dropped out like a few times. Uh, it was so uh, hard at some points. Uh, for example, like uh, during the first year, like I only knew a bit of HTML from when I was 11 and a bit of Arduino, but, you know, uh, not that much. And uh, during the first year, we had an assignment to write a compiler in Prolog. And... You know, yeah, I didn't know much. Yeah, yeah. It was like after a few months of, it was like the second semester. And uh, I looked at the assignment and I was like, okay, what is Prolog? Um, okay, this is this declarative language. Okay, I can get through the basics. Uh, but then I was also like, uh, what is this assembly code? Like, what are those different things that are written in the assignment? Like, I have no idea what that is. Uh, so, um, well, I didn't do the assignment. Uh, I don't think I even started. Oh, okay. <laughs> to be honest, uh, it was it was so difficult. So I decided to focus on different uh, classes that I had uh, during this semester uh, to at least you know excel at uh, this. Um, uh, then I retook this class 
next year. And it was a um, slightly simpler assignment. It was only an interpreter and it was in Haskell. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, um, yeah, it was, uh, I think during the whole like university, I was exposed, exposed to so many different languages that afterwards it was very easy for me to like, uh, apply for a job, uh, where like the, the position requires knowledge of a language and I didn't know the language, but I would still go for it. Uh, but anyway, going back to the university. So I, I did write the interpreter in Haskell. I, um, I managed to pass this class and, um, like another thing, like another, um, like a very difficult subject was algor algorithms and data structures. I think I, uh, failed it twice, like two years in a row, <laughs> uh, because it was so, so difficult. And, um, well, I remember that I wasn't the only one, like some people would like, like they would try for like five times to like five years in a row, like literally to pass this, uh, class. Uh, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so yeah, I kind of have this, um, I don't know, stereotypical background, like, you know, I studied computer science, uh, but what was, uh, more unique about my studies was that it was like a lot, a lot of theory. Mm. and uh, a lot of functional programming, which also isn't common when I talk to other people who studied at, you know, other uh, universities and uh, other places, then they were always surprised at how many like different functional languages we used at, uh, at the university. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was like the the studies part of my life <laughs> mm -hmm. indeed unusual that many uh, that many functional uh, languages and yeah i haven't seen that that uh, uh that broad of a spectrum of languages uh before but uh, I, I can i can relate with some part of it i remember the uh, algorithm and data structure uh class i had was on paper only mm. and, uh, the teacher came in yeah. the first day and said well we're not going to touch any computer for the next uh, the next two semester. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be paper only. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it started building yeah. uh, building stacks and building memory, uh, etc. Mm -hmm. on paper. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of sounded harsh. Um, you you put it as um, it was a lot of theory, and I I'm, I'm completing the sentence in my mind, mm -hmm. saying okay, and that was not the p ideal setup for you am, am i wrong yes you mean uh, well i think it had trade-offs because like you know when you have more practice then you're kind of like maybe more ready to uh start working as a developer maybe you get like exposed to like uh, more real life problems that you would have uh at your job uh but also like so this is like a downside but on a on, like on a pros then you, you know, I learned so much during university. I learned so much of like the basics on like everything works under the hood. And I'm really, really grateful for this knowledge. I mean, I, I wasn't at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to drop out like 100%. Uh, but now that I think about it, I'm sometimes able to, able to understand some concepts that I probably wouldn't be otherwise. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and also, you know, this thing about being exposed to so many different languages and wasn't like, you know, uh, one semester for a language. It was more like, uh, okay, so here's a new class. Here's your assignment. It's in a language you never heard about. You have two weeks to complete the assignment. <laughs> wow. uh, so that was the experience. Mm. And that also explains my uh, like job-related choices. Uh, so my first job, um, I started, I had a bunch of odd jobs uh, when I was uh, studying during the first year. I was uh, cleaning houses. I was working in like an Apple's factory uh, during uh, ho- uh, like holidays. And... Uh, and I was also uh, something that was more related to IT. I was a robotics teacher for mm-hmm. half a year. Yeah, I was teaching children uh, like basics of programming and robotics. Uh, that was that was very very fun uh, because that would that allowed me to still be like flexible with my working hours, uh, have some money to like continue studying and to like uh, live in a different city, and. Uh, also to still be able to attend all the classes because I could, you know, uh, set my schedule however mm-hmm. I wanted. Uh, so I got my first job as a programmer. Uh, I think it was like a um, fourth semester at university. And I remember there was like um, Expo. It was maybe like a small conference and there were like different companies uh, saying that they are hiring and stuff. And I um, I started talking with some people and they had like a form uh, that you had to, you know, fill in order to kind of apply mm-hmm. to for, for, for the job. And there was a question, uh, how well you know Elixir? And I was like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what was wrong with me back then, but I Googled Elixir and two things that I, I, I read was, uh, were that, uh, it was inspired by Ruby. And the second thing was that it's a functional language. So in my head, I was like, okay, I had some basics of Ruby at university. I also had like functional programming. I I did this interpreter in Haskell after all. So I was like, okay, my knowledge is four out of five. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, I hear, how well do you know JavaScript? Well, I know Java and and script. So yeah. (laughs) That was basically it. I mean, it was like, I knew so little about it that, uh, you know, I... I was like, okay, I, I will be okay. I, I will be fine. I, I know Elixir. Um, and I got the job. <laughs> How did you go? Yeah, yeah, I did get the job. Um, I remember uh, during the interview, uh, one of the people that were interviewing me was really into Haskell. And we talked about Haskell a lot. Um, I think I made a good impression. So I, I, I did get a job. Um, on the job, um, I learned that I'm not going to write Elixir. I was going to write Python. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Hence the question. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a bit surprised. I remember every time I was like um, taking a bus to 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 go to work, I was reading the documentation of Python because you know I didn't know much about Python and Django whatsoever. So. Uh, yeah, it was it was quite tough. I had a huge imposter syndrome, and I knew that I I'm very very like not suited for the job. Uh, that I knew that my knowledge was limited. Um, 
so uh, that was that was a very difficult. But I I kept having this this thought in my mind that it's gonna be easier. Like at some point, you know, I will catch up. I will learn everything that I need for the job. And, you know, I just have to stick like one more month and then another month and another month. And then, you know, the whole, like my whole career is going to be easier. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's what I did. And I was also very determined because I wanted to like start working as a programmer as soon as possible. Um, I also, you know, I, I needed to like pay rent, uh, buy groceries, you know, make a living. So, uh, I, I needed a job. <laughs> so, uh, there was, there was a huge determination in me and I, so speaking about like different paths in and like going into one direction or another, I was working on backend in that company, but I was always kind of interested in frontend. So I was trying to like, I don't know, um, keep, I, I kept asking like the frontend team if they need any help or, uh, you know, maybe there's something I can do for them. And I also kept asking my, uh, tech lead if maybe there's, there are like more JavaScript related tasks that I could pick up. And I slowly, I, I, I became a, like a full stack in that company. I was working across two different teams, the backend and the frontend one. So, uh, yeah, that required like a lot of being uh, very subtle about it and like, hey, do you need help? Hey, I could do this in JavaScript. <laughs> but uh, that also like allowed me to learn uh, basics about uh, like web development and like the front end part of web development. I remember we used Angular 1 uh, at that company. And um, I think also it was the first time I heard about TypeScript. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that was fun. Okay. That was fun. If, if I can pick it, uh, at something you said, you said, um, uh, at some point it's going to be easier. Mm -hmm. Did it become easier? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, oh yeah, that's a tough question. That's a really, really good question because I think I've always had this imposter syndrome at some level. And I think I never get rid of it. Even if I'm like, you know, uh, having some accomplishments and, you know, like I speak at conferences or, you know, I do things that people then uh, like tell me that they, they are grateful for, like so open, open source contributions, then I still feel this imposter syndrome that, you know, there's still so many things I have to learn. There are so many like aspects of programming that where I'm not good enough. Um, so yeah, the answer to this question is it depends. It depends on the day or more like a period of, of my life. Um, I think I gained a lot of confidence and some things like, um, I don't know, like picking up projects that I want to work on, uh, relationships with people, it became much, much easier, but there are also part, like there are days when I feel like such huge imposter syndrome that I want to quit my job because I'm like, oh my God, I don't bring any value. <laughs> so uh, that's the honest part of this interview. Um, 
That's something I'm working on. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest is dishonest? No. <laughs> did, 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 did the company, so you started the, uh, the talking about this this company saying, well, um, you you are making air quotes, fooled yourself into mm. into uh, into being an Elixir expert and, and or fooled them. And did, did, they, did they show any sign of... Um, of being disappointed at some point or, or showing you that you're not um, at the level they were expecting? Uh, well, they did. They never showed disappointment about my like Elixir skills, but I did, yeah, I did have a few bad experiences in the very beginning when um, I think they showed disappointment like in general in my skills and also I think they were very skeptical about me because I was this person who said during the interview that I'm interested in both backend and frontend, and they wanted something, someone who's like only interested in the backend. And uh, and I remember I during my first day I had lunch, and um, and my like uh, like someone at the company from my, from the team um, asked me a question and it was like very. Uh, I know I felt really bad after that. It was something like, uh, "So why did you decide to play with programming? Like, like if that wasn't a choice, like if that w wasn't supposed to be my job, it's just something that I'm trying to do for a while." Uh, and I felt like you know it's not the best place for me. I didn't feel like I fit in uh, for a really long time. So I had like a few experiences like that when um, I I would. Um, like someone would make me feel that I don't fit in um, with some like questions or, you know, some uh, like statements that weren't particularly nice. And that was like the hard part. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was something like that. That was one of the, of the things that I, I, I kept thinking about, like, it's going to be easier, like later on, once I get more expertise, once I became, become like a better developer, my tech skills will be better than I won't have this, this kind of situations any longer. And yeah, that's, that, that's, that's one thing that actually, uh, actually is better now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, uh, I don't think I ever felt like I don't fit in after that job. And that is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess the, uh, at some point those, those, those early problems disappear, but mm. you get new ones. So the imposter syndrome is still here, but, but yeah. if you reflect enough and look at the past, okay, at least I'm not having the same problem as I was. And, and yeah, this exactly. is maybe a more comfortable place on this end. It's more discomfort than something else, but mm -hmm. that's maybe a discomfort you can better mm -hmm. cope with. Um, yeah. meaning being responsible for stuff and don't knowing what to do um, is different um, uh, different sack of problems mm -hmm. than making uh, being made uh, fun of or, or the people make you feel mm -hmm. you don't belong that's really a different uh, different uh, scope uh, uh, yeah it's painful um, to hear for me as well um, but uh yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very painful to reflect on that. I don't think about it very often. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. But it's also like, you know, it makes me uh, grateful for like the uh, like people I have right now in my life and the company I work at. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, at, at which point did you did you decide, okay, now it's time to, to move on and see something else? Um, I think I had a contract for half of a year for like six months. 
-hmm. And uh, yeah, I decided to leave after those six months. And uh, I was still studying. It was going well, uh, apart from the data structures class. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, it was going well. And I was looking through like job offers. um, And I found one which was called Super Go Developer. And I didn't know what is a super developer. Now I know that it means like it's above senior, apparently. But back then I was like, oh my God, someone possibly made a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Uh, So, well, I also... Obviously, I didn't know Golang, and I, 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 but I applied because I really liked the company. I, um, they were based in Stockholm, and they had an office in Wrocław, so that was like perfect for me. And uh, I really like a lot of things about the company. I like the branding. Um, it was a small team. Everything was, you know, perfect. Uh, so I decided to apply. I gave. I, I got an assignment to write. I think it was a REST service in Golang. And um, I did that. I used documentation a lot. I learned some Golang (laughs) before starting the job. Um, And uh, yeah, I got got the job. I was working kind of part-time because I was still studying. I think I uh, I was working like three days per week. Uh, But... Yeah, I had a really, really good ex- uh, experience there. Like people were so encouraging. I still had like huge imposter syndrome because, uh, you know, I realized that I applied for a job to write in a language that I'm not familiar with. And I applied for being a super developer where I should have applied for like a junior, junior, junior developer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was that was fun. Uh Yes, huge imposter syndrome, but I had like tons of support from people at this company. And um, I really liked it there. Uh, that was the time when I started writing a blog, a technical blog. And um, yeah, I mean, everything was was going really, really well. I once took a sabbatical for four months to like, be done with university to like actually pass all the classes and uh, finish that part of my life. Um, I did. uh, And yeah, that was, uh, I have like, you know, after my first job with like not so good experiences, then that was, uh, that was really much better. (laughs) Sounds like it. I'm, I'm interested in why did you start writing on a blog at that point? Well, firstly, I wanted to like teach myself things. So I was uh, mostly writing about stuff I was doing at university. Like I, I would write about some data structures. Um, and I also, there, there, there was one person at that company uh, who had a blog and it was like very, very high quality. And I think I got inspired by that person um, his name is Pavel Swomka. I think he was like a big influence on me and my career. And uh, like there were there were still like tough moments, like the imposter syndrome, and it was tough because I was working and studying, and I wanted to give up so many times. And I think if it wasn't for him, like him, like motivating me and encur- encouraging, then I would have given up uh, at that point probably. 
or maybe not. I don't know. But I know for sure that he was a huge positive influence on me. And so I got inspired by his blog and I was like, okay, maybe I can do something like that too. And I started writing, uh, not that much. I would like write maybe once per month, but still, um, I once wrote an article about, um, black red trees, uh, the data structure, red, black trees. Okay. You okay. see, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't the, know that. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> um, oh yeah. The, but, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The black red tree. Okay. See, uh, they, they are like yeah. colored and mm -hmm. yeah. you have to balance them by the color, <laughs> yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I wrote this article when I was first doing the uh, data structure class. And then I referenced my own article when I was like retaking this class, <laughs> when I was like <laughs> relearning. <laughs> because that was still, I think that was a really good resource on that data structure. Um, so. <laughs> did, did the teacher pick up on that? Is it that you wrote your own uh, references? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did they say? Uh, sorry, sorry. Can you repeat? Did, did, did the teacher pick up uh, that you oh, referenced something you had written yourself? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. I Damn, don't think so. It would have been yeah. a fun story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that was uh, that was my second job. Okay. But after I, I graduated, I finished university. I okay, so that's also there's one important thing that happened during the university. I took one class that was it wasn't a mandatory one, it was like an extra one. It was introduction to uh like real life work related things. I think it was uh about the Git. It was some introduction to open source about like working with people. It was like basically like all the basics you need to know to uh, be able to like, you know, be okay at your job. And uh, there were some assignments and there was one uh, to make a contribution to open source. And I totally didn't have time to do this. And I remember I promised uh, my uh, teacher that I would do this in the future. <laughs> so I, I, I kept remembering that and um, I kept thinking about it. And I also was like, uh, after my second job, I was really interested in like develop, developer tooling. I really wanted to make things that, you know, other developers can use and things that could be like, uh, my friend could say, oh, I'm using this library or I'm using this product at work. And, uh, and I was also leading towards the open source world. So this is how I found Hasura, uh, because it has, it had like everything from like, I, fr from what I wanted, it was an open source project. It was databases. Uh, and I really, really like databases. Um, it was a tool for developers to build other projects. So, um, I was, uh, yeah, I was very, very excited about uh, about working there, and uh, yeah, I think there I applied for a front end position. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, it was uh, I applied for 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 a position when the language was actually familiar to me. <laughs> not a new language again. No, no, Damn, not so a new one. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, did you go back to this uh, to this uh, teacher and and tell them about your experience in open source since then? No, but I think I have to. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Maybe I will message him on LinkedIn. <laughs> 
you can you can send them this podcast and say, hey, uh, oh, yeah. you should listen to this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is about you. Just thanks to you. <laughs> um, so uh, how did that go, at, uh, Azura? I think you said uh, you stayed for about two years, something like this? Yeah, yeah, I stayed for two years. So I started as a front-end developer. I was working on Hasura console, like this 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 part of Hasura where you can configure everything related to, to the product. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, which is, I'm, I don't remember, but maybe like three months I or four months, I became a tech lead for that team. And uh, yeah, and I had my own team. It was very small in the beginning. I think it was only like two people. And then it was growing and growing and growing. I think at the end it was seven people uh, in my team. And, you know, like uh, the more people there were, uh, the less programming <laughs> I was able to do because, you know, like having calls with people, like all the project management stuff, uh, coordinating with other teams, that was a lot of things to do. And, um, well, like over time I became more like a manager and less, uh, programmer, which was, um, which was also good for my career, I think, because I got to experience like both worlds. I got to experience how it is to like manage people, how how it is to manage projects, and I think that was there was like a huge value in that uh, experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, did did you see yourself doing this for a longer time, or did you actively search going back with air quotes at some point? Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about going back because also you know that was new for me. I never I, I was never exposed to like um, being a manager, and I didn't know how to do things. Like I remember on uh, I was told on like on Friday that I will be a tech lead, and I was like so freaked out because there were so many things like how to deal with people, how to, <laughs> <laughs> how to be uh, a manager. I remember I spent the whole weekend like watching different YouTube uh, recordings like from this uh, lead dev conference mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like reading books about being a tech lead. Like there, there was one, a book talking with tech leads. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't really know um, if I'm going to be okay, if I'm going to do things right. And I think I made all the mistakes. So, you know, every article or every like, you know, resource about how to be a tech lead uh, talks about some common mistakes that tech leads do. And I made all of them. <laughs> like we all did. <laughs> yes. And I think I learned a lot uh, from that experience. I also learned that it's very, very difficult to manage so, um, like so many different things at once. Mm -hmm. And um, there were, you know, there were some parts of that job that were easier, some parts that were harder. Like I think that the, the hardest one was like giving feedback to people. Mm. Uh, because I think that's something that gets easier with experience. Like the more feedback you, you gave in your life, then mm -hmm. the easier it gets because you kind of get used to like what to say, what people expect. Uh, and you also learn different styles of feedback that people prefer because everybody prefers a different uh, feedback. Uh, but for example, like managing a project, like, you know, creating a roadmap, uh, 
and thinking like who should work on what to to meet all the deadlines that was really exciting for me and i think like uh me being kind of a perfectionist <laughs> was a good thing there and i i really 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 enjoyed that but for this whole time to answer your question for this whole time i had this thought in my head that i will probably be back to like hands-on programming after a while mm -hmm. and and all the while you were already on blitz.js coding the whole time so if you were doing management for the day job then you were coding in your nighttime uh no no actually i started blitz.js after hasura oh okay Okay, yeah, so yeah, it was, it yeah. Wasn't parallel to that. No, no. I, I, I think I, I helped uh, Brandon, the creator of Blitz.js, a few times with some TypeScript-related questions, mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't involved in in the development yet. Okay, and Blitz.js was then uh, a full-time um, employment, or was it side, uh, yes, side yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, so, it was. Okay. Yeah. So basically. Um, I think after those two years at Hasura, Brandon reached out to me, uh, like asking if I would like to be this lead maintainer of Blitz.js mm -hmm. full time. And that was kind of a dream job. Like, uh, it was a good project. Uh, it was a framework that people actually loved and used in production. And, uh, it was open source, obviously. Uh, it would be a full time job. So, you know, I would still have like stability and everything. So, uh, yeah, I said, yes, like right away. Uh, I didn't think much about it <laughs> to be wow. honest. Uh, yeah. So how is it, uh, um, to work on a project on an open source project full time versus being in a company doing open source without a difference? Well, it was different because, you know, at Hasura, I had like this huge team that, uh, maybe not huge, but you know, like Big huge up. company, like <laughs> there, there were people involved, mm -hmm. uh, and there were a bunch of them. And at least I was working on, on, on this project, uh, on my own, like, um, like Brandon was also involved, but he was mostly focused on, uh, on his company flight control. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, it, it, it was different because it was more lonely. Mm -hmm. uh but also it was like the the responsibility might have been bigger i don't know i would say because um you know i was the one that was responsible for like everything at once like the uh bug fixing uh new features uh replying to like uh discord questions handling all the like things related to github new prs and uh, new issues discussions and and so on so yeah that was that was much different uh but i also felt that i had like a huge influence on something so um that was that was definitely nice yeah and like the oh and the community around blitz it, they were like people were lovely like there was uh no like literally zero situations when someone would be like uh, not super kind I'm not even talking about being mean. I'm talking about not being kind, okay. <laughs> like super kind. And uh, yeah, I think that was uh, that was a really good environment. So I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, actually, um, I realized I went at it with full cliches of saying, "Okay, open source something you do at night and uh, <laughs> etc." No, it's uh, thank thank you for correcting that path for me. That was uh, that was good. Um, yeah, with yeah. one eye, with one eye on the clock. Um, what took you then to uh, to the guild? Um, 
more well, recently. Yeah. So then, um, then after I think one year at BlizzJS, there were some internal changes in the company, and uh, I basically I I had this this uh, decision to make, like whether I want to stay or whether I want to like move on and. Uh, uh, you know, find a new exciting projects to work on, and I was I was thinking uh, a lot about it, and I decided to take a risk. I decided I decided that I I did a lot for BitJS, so maybe it's time for me to uh, like explore new areas of uh, the, the development world. So I decided to leave BitJS, and uh, I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have anything lined up uh, when I did that. So I, uh, I, remom- I, I remember I, I thought about like, what are the companies I want to work at? So I applied to a few, but also uh, around the same time, uh, Yuri from the guild reached out to me and we started talking about like some collaboration and uh I think I was still like I I I I wanted to take it like slow. I wanted to like really think about it. So it took me I think four months <laughs> until I said yes <laughs> to the guild. Uh, but I, I I thought it through, and from all the choices I had, I think that was the best one. And I'm really glad I made that choice. I'm also really glad that I took that risk with leaving Blitz mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that there will be something like even more exciting for me waiting. Uh, so yeah, this is how I uh, ended up <laughs> at the guild. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a big smile while you're talking about it, yeah. so even though it, it might have been a bit tricky to handle at that time, but mm. you, yeah, you landed yeah. on both your feet. That yes, sounds that's cool. true. <laughs> yeah. um, th- that's the part uh, where I ask for an advice and I want to come back and poke at mm-hmm. the... Uh, at the becoming a TL, you said you made all the mistakes that mm. you could have made, and you were warned about it, but you still made them. Yes. Um, if you could warn yourself or warn a new TL again of the mistakes you made and we all make, make, and you could give them an advice, what, what would that be? Uh, well, I would say to take it easy, to like not overthink it, because I was overthinking it. I was like very stressed like I, I didn't want to make any mistakes so I was like super stressed about it and that ended up like with me being like making those mistakes uh, so I would say like take it easy take it slow like take time to adjust and don't be afraid to ask people for, for like for help to ask maybe other tech leads or managers to uh, to help you figure out how to handle uh, certain situations um not be afraid to delegate tasks um and you know just listen to people a lot listen 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 uh because like everything that you need to know about like feedback preferences like work preferences you're gonna find there when you listen to people like very very carefully Mm -hmm. you will indeed thank you so much for that (laughs) alexander it's it's been a fantastic story and it's already the end of a time box. Thank you so much yes. for this glimpse into your life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you for like letting me share my story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was my pleasure. So wh- where would be your best place to find you online and uh, continue this discussion with you? Uh, okay, so you can find me on Twitter as Alexandra Says, but um, 
It's Alexandra in Polish. So it's going to be KS instead of X. Mm -hmm. And you can also check out my blog. It's Alexandra, same Polish Alexandra, dot codes. Mm -hmm. And I'll add links to the show notes, in the show notes to both of those. So uh, you don't have to search or uh, if you mess up with the KS, uh, you'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to plug in? Uh, no, like, don't hesitate to send me a DM. I'm happy to answer all the career-related questions or like follow up on anything that I said <laughs> uh, during this show. Fantastic. And you heard her. Thank you so much again. Thank you. And this has been another episode of Deborah's Journey. I will see each other next week. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please share, rate, and review. It helps more listeners discover those stories. You can find the links to all the platforms the show appears on on our website, devjourney.info slash subscribe. Creating the show every week takes a lot of time, energy, and of course money. Would you please help me continue bringing out those inspiring stories every week by pledging a small monthly donation? You'll find our Patreon link at devjourney.info slash donate. And finally, don't hesitate to reach out and tell me how this week's story is shaping your future. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at timothep, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-P or per email, info at devjourney.info. Talk to you soon. <laughs>